Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Houston Round Bar Review presents Folks Talking Sports. I'm Chris Garden, one of the hosts from the Houston Round Bar Review. Joining me this evening are two of the other three hosts of the show. Andy Yanez, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Chris. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. And then James Mueller looking like a giant. I know James <laughs> is sitting there in a in a I don't know what's how are you, James? I'm doing well. <laughs> Um, he is taller than us, Andy. I don't know. Well, he is really in, in real life. He is too, I think, about an inch or two. All right. Where do you guys want to get started? We, we kicked around a little bit about it. Um, one of the polls, college football poll, I think, Andy, it was another Fox Sports poll, wasn't it? Correct. And who was the guy? I don't remember the name of the person. It wasn't Tim Brando, somebody else. But it this was, person, it, go ahead, James. Hang on, I'm pulling it up right now. It was R.J. Young with yeah, Fox, Sports. Young from Fox Sports. R.J. Young, and he had the Cougs ranked 13th, right? Yeah. Correct. James, what do you think about that? Still thought it was a little too high, but not his worst ranking. Michigan State at 7 was worse than UH at 13, I think. Mm -hmm. um, he did what, have Texas A&M in his top five. Um, yeah. in his top, in, well, they actually made an appearance. Um, what was the last one we discussed last week where they had Texas A&M out of their top 16, um, which we, we both, or all three of us, were on board saying that that was completely um, incorrect. And, and his justification, I can't remember his exact name, but I know he, that he called Texas A&M overrated. It was Tim Brando, yeah. Yeah. So um, it, it's better in that sense, but I, I tend to agree in terms of where Houston is ranked, and and really uh, the, the reason I can't see them be that high is just has to be with um, just looking at that defense. I know that was their strengths last year, but I think they still got to prove themselves, especially in terms of the secondary, um, just in terms of the key players that they're missed, um, that they've lost, just in terms of um, losing them out due to them being able to move on to um, the next level. But I think. I think they, they can't be top twenty in my in my opinion, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure James agrees because um, you had your own poll, James. So feel free to to comment on on your poll, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I had them at twenty in mine. Um, I I sort of have similar concerns, like Andy mentioned. I don't think the defense will be terrible to where it was, you know, but I don't think it's going to start out at the level it was last year, just with all the guys they lost, especially like Andy mentioned, secondary concerns when you lose two corners with the caliber of Pepe Williams and Marcus Jones, um, that's just tough to replace. And also it's hard to justify ranking them super high, in my opinion, just with the strength of the schedule. Cause you know, they I mean, yeah, UTSA, Texas tech, those are probably, those are decent games, but other than that, they're not going to have to prove themselves very much until a potential, maybe an SMU or, a conference championship so it's just it's just really hard to tell um but yeah going into the season anywhere outside of the anywhere inside of the top 15 i kind of find is a little bit of a stretch well agree i agree with both of you i'm no. glad to see them ahead of texas i don't care whatever pull anything you said that texas I'm, I'm happy with but yeah 13 is kind of high to me what are you going to say andy no, I was going to say, I think the question that, that really should be, um, at least when it regards to the American, it has to be um, if 
who should be ranked higher in terms of Houston or Cincinnati because uh, we saw the coaches poll that I believe it came out this past Monday. Um, I'm losing track of my days. I can't remember if that was this week or the week before, but I do remember that Cincinnati was ranked uh, higher than Houston, and I can't remember if they were 21 or 20. I know it was the coaches poll. I just can't remember when it came out. This week, yeah. Um, and Houston was 25th in that one, and Cincinnati was ranked higher. I think that's the question right there that's intriguing. Um, kind of what we kind of justified for Houston probably being a little bit too high in that Fox, uh, Fox Sports poll by R.J. Young, just in terms of what they're losing on the defense uh, with Marcus Jones and Demarius William, uh, Demarion Williams and obviously, of course, Logan Hall up front. Uh, but they do have key veterans that are sticking around and, and are, are going to be counted on to lead that group. I think it's the, the same argument with Cincinnati and, and what they've lost, not only on the defensive end, but obviously the most important player in Desmond Ritter, they're losing him. And I, I think in, in most of the polls, which is interesting, I, I don't think Cincinnati should be ranked higher than Houston, um, at least in the preseason. Yeah. And the AP comes out tomorrow, I think at 11 a.m. So, that will be interesting to just see where they stand. But I agree with you. I, I I expect Houston to be higher than Cincinnati just because, well, Cincinnati has had more success, like you said. Just, I mean, they lost too many key pieces. Yeah, didn't Cincinnati lose? Like, how many guys got drafted from Cincinnati? So they lost their two starting corners, Desmond Ritter, their starting running back, um, a linebacker, at least five. I I, it was more than five, but I'm I'm missing people. But oh, yeah. Alan Pierce or Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce, yeah. Um, I think they had like eight or nine total. I can't remember the number off the top. Of my yeah, head. I just I just did a quick Google, and according to to Sports Illustrated, they had nine players drafted and, and taken in the 2022 NFL draft. So, um, that that's just that went in the draft, and obviously, of course, I, I'd imagine they're losing more players, just as the usual in terms of them not being eligible in terms of graduating, but. Um, yeah, they're, they're losing a lot, and, and that's why I think that, that Houston should be ahead of them in that aspect. But um, capping them off, I think 20 is probably the cap. And then, like James said, anything above 15 is probably uh, certainly early on wishful thinking. Is there – do you guys know, either one of you know, why for the second straight year Houston and Cincinnati are not playing each other? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I don't know, like, exactly what – because typically if you – how it's worked in the past is if you've missed, you know, a team one year, you're playing them next year. It sort of rotates around. Right. You can't, you can't get everyone in the conference with the numbers, but, you know, you typically don't go multiple years without playing uh, a school. So it's definitely inter- – especially Cincinnati and UCF. And UCF, both that, those that. Twice. Like, those are the two other – relatively big dogs you would mm-hmm. say in conference and so to miss those twice in a row is definitely strange i'm going to be petty i think it's pettiness by the conference the conference schedulers whatever they don't want the three best teams playing three teams are about to leave go to the big 12 not playing and hyping up and and what i would do if the matches were, were taking place is have a big 12 flag <laughs> run around the field in the matchup and have the announcing the broadcast crew saying, "Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a potential Big Twelve matchup between Houston Cougars and the Cincinnati Bearcats or UCF, whatever." Over and over again in the broadcast, maybe that's why they have not scheduled the two years in a row. I, I don't know, but it doesn't make any sense to me for this matchup, either one, 
to not happen for two consecutive seasons. So that is notable to me, uh, whether it's petty or not or ulterior motives, whatever, but it's definitely notable. Won't be an issue, hopefully, going forward in the Big 12 when the schedules come out next season for – well, actually, Big 12 is more proactive, so we might get some schedules early before July even happens next year, but 2023. Guys, we saw someone, I don't know who it was, on Twitter yesterday. Going to talk about it. Houston, University of Houston alums. uh, Seems like more folks want to have collective, form an NIL collective. Where do you guys stand on alums uh, forming a collective? And I think it's reactive, reactionary rather than being proactive, but just other people wanting to create an NIL collective. I mean, I can start. I think what you, when you texted with us yesterday, when you said, like you just said, you know, UH alums are typically more reactive than proactive. I think that capitalizes off it, obviously doing an NIL collective isn't a bad idea and great that alums are pushing for it. But I mean, you can't always wait for a million other schools to do it and then be like, you know, we need this, like start, start thinking outside. Um, And a big reason why this started, I'm sure a bunch of people, at least UH people tuning into the show saw on Twitter with Alton McCaskill had some NIL deals pulled with his injury and he had some, family issues so he started to go fund me and that was that was really successful and stuff but just uh i think that was one of the big reasons that sparked you know some of these fans you know and alums being like you know we need a collective because like i mean houston if is not like other big time programs where they have all these deals for set up for their athletes um like we've been seeing you know come into the news uh so often with a lot of these other programs andy Oh, we lost him. Can you guys? There we go. There we go. And now we lost him again. Can you hear me now? Now, yeah. yes. There we go. All I don't right. um, by the way, shout out to Will, who's watching the show, left us a note. Uh, have a great show, fellas. So we appreciate um, him tuning into us. But like James said, I think in terms of uh, establishing an NIL collective, I think it certainly is something that has to be necessary, a necessary step that the University of Houston has to do and, and alums have to do, honestly. And, and we've kind of touched that on it in the past, just in terms of hoops and hodler. And I believe they dubbed themselves as a semi-collective. Um, micro-collective, I think. is Micro-collective, correct. Yeah. correct. A micro-collective, which um, in and of itself, it's, it's a bit of interesting, just the, the, the certain labeling to it. And then um, to be quite frank, when you look at a lot of the NIL deals from Houston, they, I would say probably about, 85%, and that might just be generous, 85% of those deals, NIL deals that are announced are from Star Pizza. Mm-hmm. And that just can't be the case, especially, you know, they're less than a year from joining the Big 12. They are, like Calvin Sampson has said numerous times during his summer availabilities, they're not going into the Big 12 trying to play catch-up. They want to be among the top in the conference and compete at a competitive competitive level. And I think that right there, that's a glaring disadvantage that Houston will be facing once again into the Big 12 because I mean heck even look at SMU with they, what they announced I believe that was last week with um what was it 36,000 for each student athlete playing in men's basketball and football right 
which I mean that that's incredible right there. And SMU is not even one of the programs that's going to be jumping into the Big Twelve uh, within the coming year. And that I mean that in and of itself that's that's something that SMU has a recruiting advantage over Houston uh, in in the state. You know, even if if it comes to athletes, I mean you could choose between Houston and SMU. You know, if you go to SMU, you're going to be uh, have guaranteed at the minimum thirty six thousand dollars. What does Houston have? And and Kudos to what everything with hoops and hollering what they have done. They've they've done a phenomenal job. They've been able to step up to the plate, but they need much more businesses, much more alumni to be able to help out as well. Because like I said earlier, it can't be a one business thing carrying the entire load. Agreed. And SMU is one school in the state stepping up to the plate in terms of NIL. And let me be clear: all three of us agree that something needs to be done. Make sure it's on the up and up. Okay, don't bend the rules. Take advantage of the rules that are there regarding NIL. If you have questions, ask the right folks. Texas Tech Collective is doing 25000 for football players and men's and women's basketball players. 25000 each for them. So it can be done. And there are, I believe, I choose to believe, enough alums, enough supporters of the University of Houston, UH Athletics, who are wealthy, who have connections, if they're not wealthy, have connections to folks who are wealthy, who could form a very effective NIL collective to do something similar to what SMU is doing. A&M started doing one of the first, you know, early schools take advantage of the NIL rules. Baylor's probably doing Texas, all the big time programs. I've said it before. I think each of you said it as well. UH wants to be in big time athletics, big time athletics requires things. You need to do certain things. And an NIL collective is one of those things. If you want to be big time, you got to step to the plate, be big time. So we are 11, almost 10 and a half months away from Houston joining the big 12. And as far as we know, hoop and holler Houston is the, I guess the what? So far, the major collective associated with UH Athletics. I hope it's not the only one. It might be the you know the only one that we know about. I, I get emails from the folks at Hoop and Holler to announce certain deals with that with UH athletes. More needs to be done. More money needs to be done. It's easy for me to say because it's not my money. <laughs> you know, I don't have it to to give. If I did. I'll, I'll put it out there. If I had it to give, I would have already created a collective because I suggested it to alums months ago. And certain alums that you guys know. Crickets. And now we're 10 and a half months away from joining the Big 12. And now folks are like, oh, we need to get a collective. No stuff. Yeah. Make it happen. Ask the questions. If you have questions, concerns, pull your your resources, your contacts together and get this done. As Andy said, it, SMU's thirty six thousand dollars per player for football and men's basketball. I'm kind of curious about what the SMU women's basketball players think about this. And if they're going to get maybe not thirty six, but if they're getting something. Because. Is it not a Title IX issue? Why are you giving 
the men's team X amount of dollars and, and we might get any. But these things need to be addressed. And yes, SMU is for now still in the American. There's been talk about them maybe going to the Pac-12, you know, as a possibility for the Pac-12 going forward. But if it comes down to it, there, there will be some players, not a lot. Some might say they're going to be coming down between Houston and SMU. Yeah, I know Houston's going to the Big 12, but 36 grand per year is 36 grand more than I'm getting from Houston. Yeah. So I'm going to go to SMU. We don't need to have that. Okay, so take advantage of the city of Houston, the resources, the people, the alumni, huge alumni here in Houston. And it's national, it's global. Come on, folks. We can do this. We need to be, it's too late to be proactive, but be active, get involved, and make this happen once again. And I'll get off my high horse, let you guys chime in. We're very good, and I'm saying we because I'm an alum. We are very good at talking about wanting to be big-time athletics and then do very little to follow up on it and do the things that are necessary to be big-time athletics. You guys have the floor. I mean, you hit most of the points. I would just add, like, these next 10 months, I mean, are going to show a lot. Just I think UH obviously needs to do a better job keeping people updated with Houston Rise and how that's working and sort of numbers there. But seeing can they meet that goal and can we get NIL collectives done? If if that doesn't happen in this next 10 months before the Big 12, then there's going to be some problems going in. So, you, I mean, this is the time now that fans and alums have to act. And, I mean, it, it will be very evident, like Chris said, if people are just, you know, chiming out ideas and being like, we need to do this. And rather, but just sitting back and doing nothing or actually, you know, getting their hands dirty and doing something to help them. So we'll see. But, yeah. Andy? Can't hear you, man. What are you doing to your microphone, man? You're doing something different this 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 show? Uh can you hear me now? Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, I need to I need to I'm adjusted to a different mic, so I'm trying to figure I'm learning as I go as well. But what I was gonna say is that I wanted to go back to the tweet that I shared with you guys um over the weekend, which is from at Jaron Hall Properties, um or at Jaron Hall Prop. Uh, the business name is Jaron Hall Properties, but he tweeted attention all at go Cougs. Uh, donors and alumni, we need an NIL collective fund for our athletes. And he tagged the official University of Houston account, the athletics Twitter account, the men's basketball Twitter account, and the football Twitter account. And, um, I mean, they got a relatively good engagement. I think the most important thing out of that is that you had a couple of football players. And uh, actually, not only a couple of football players, but it looks like even De'Aaron King chimed in on that um that tweet about Houston needing an NIL collective, I think it just goes back that um, you're going into the Big 12. You're going to be competing against these schools. You're going to be competing against big-time programs in the state of Texas alone, not even counting um, what what the bigger grand, scape, uh, grand landscape is um, in the future. And we've mentioned in the past, the Big 12 is great. Uh, is that the ultimate goal? Are you trying to pivot your way into position yourself so you can be able to at least be an option if uh, the Big Ten or, or the SEC, probably meaning from the Big Ten, if that possible. And, and right now that's a big if. Um, it just goes back that they have to be reactive if um, 
that's their goal. Now, if they're content with being where they are now, then I guess an NIL connect is not necessary. If they're trying to be as great as they possibly can and be in the fourth largest market in the United States, I think it, it's something that you have to do. And could and I just go ahead. Go, yes, James. Oh, I was just going to say, like, going back to sort of what Andy, what all of you have been talking about, basically, but more on the recruiting side of things like your art. We've already talked about before. Chris Pesman's mentioned it. Dana, Kelvin, they've all mentioned, you know, how it's going to take a while for them to catch up with Big 12 facilities. So having worse facilities and not being able to, you know, provide any compensation for players through an NIL collective, like that's going to make it a real hard recruiting pitch. I mean, at least if you can get a collective, then yeah, you can say, you know, our facilities might not be as good as Texas is right now, but we're working towards that. You know, we've been playing, but going, yeah, we don't have the best facilities and we're not going to pay you then. I mean, it's, it's a much easier decision for a kid to say, well, if I'm going to Baylor, cause they're going to pay me this much and they got better for like, so, so there's definitely like, like, I mean, the bottom line, like you've been saying is, you know, to compete with the big boys in the big 12, you got, you got to st- step up. And that starts with, you know, financially um, ra- raising more money and doing it different than you have. Yeah. And like Kelvin's mentioned, Houston's already behind in terms of being able to catch up with those power five programs and they're already playing catch up. So if you don't have an NIL collective, that's just going to separate the distance between you. And again, just, just focusing on the interstate schools that are inside the state of Texas, there's already a huge gap. And if you're trying to close it, you need an NIL collective simple. And another thing coach Sampson said, stop doing what you've always done. If you want things to be different, we're good at that. We can, we can, Boy, remember what it was back in the day, blah, 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 blah. It's that Houston is about to go to the Big 12. That is big-time athletics. It's not the Big 10. It's not the SEC. We know that. But it is a step up from the American. It's a higher step up than the Mountain West. I mean, is the goal for alums, okay? This is what I, I like alum to chime in on Twitter. And Boy, we're doing a poor job of it today. I'm, go- I'm doing a poor job of it today. My fault. About oh, uh, folks talk sports, <laughs> putting it up there, uh, our Twitter account. But chime in on Twitter, chime in on the YouTube channel where you're watching us right now. What is the goal? Is the goal to just be content being in the Big 12, or is the goal to be competitive and to win championships in the Big 12 and to be active and proactive in the Big 12? Because you know, if you just want to be content with the 20 million dollars we get do nothing else okay (laughs) keep doing what you're doing but if the goal is to be legitimate contenders year in year out bring in elite athletes year in year out in these major sports you got to do things differently you got to be more active more involved in in this and go put this comment up appreciate this comment let's continue these shows love hearing about the cougs and it's not just us. It's not just folks talking sports. It's not just Less Rage Cougs. Both of those are on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. And, of course, this show is on Folks Talk Sports on Twitter. Coog fans. Um, who is that? I'm having a brain cramp. But there's other places that do shows focusing on U.S. athletics. Scott and so, Hallman, guys. Support them. Not just us. Support us. Support them. To get the word out about the programs, about the athletes, about the coaches. Because I I promise you, 
the majority of the other schools in the Big 12, they support the shows, the programs, the news, media outlets that cover their teams. They do a hell of a lot more support than what the U.S. alums, alums do for us. So, again, what, what do you want to accomplish? You just want to be happy about being middle of the pack or bottom of the Big 12? Or do you want to actually compete in championships and not just men's basketball, football? Coach Hogerson is doing a better job recruiting. But, guys, if there's no collective, at some point, there will be players, not just one, that's going to look at it. Houston is my yeah, – I'm from Houston. It's in the Big 12 now. But they have no NIL collective. Baylor is further drive from my family. But they got NIL. Or Lubbock, Texas Tech, they got NIL. What do you think that kid's going to do? Don't give them that option if everything's equal except NIL. Remove that as part of the discussion. You've got to do this. You have to be, we've got to be active and be more involved in part of the NIL, part of the supporting the programs, part of supporting, it's not just a chronicle that covers Houston Cougars athletics. Okay? You guys, I think, I'm assuming this, you tell me in a second have seen, heard alums saying, man, the Chronicle doesn't do enough coverage of Houston Athletics. They don't cover, they spend more time covering the Aggies and they co- cover the Longhorns or covering LSU. We need more people, more media to cover UH. Here we are. We're here. And there are others out there that cover UH that do a good job and in some cases, no shade to the Chronicle, maybe a better job. Support them. Support us. Stop just talking about it. Be about it. You want to ch- see change? You got to make be part of that change. James, Andy, you got and it. I will add on to this, and I, I won't name names because um, it's probably not the best thing to do, but I will say with a local – this will probably narrow the options. I'll just say a local station in town. I won't say anything like that. Um I, I'll be quite frank. I just reached out just in terms of they'd be interested of just opportunity to freelance during the season uh, when it comes to game post game coverage. And uh, what they told me was that they have not seen enough interest when it comes to now they they kept it broad. They said when it comes to college athletics overall, they said they had um, I can't remember the exact number, but it, Long story short, they said that they had over thousands of followers on Facebook and they couldn't get a single one to click on a college athletic college athletics articles. And when you look at their site, the last time they covered anything University of Houston related um, was a very, very short article when the men's basketball team was about to begin their March Madness run this past 2021. Um, so that in and of itself, it, it's an interesting kind of lens to see and where this is local. This is the big stations in town, they're affiliated with one of the big stations in town. And they, they said there's no interest from the people. If no one's clicking, then that's the reason there's less coverage. And even when we're focusing on, just think about it, uh, the traditional TV stations, how often do you see reports from them on TV when it comes to UH athletics? Um, they all ga- kind of gather around when it comes to March Madness time. But other in it than that, I mean, whew, it's far very few compared to when you think of a lot of these programs i mean you can't really compare it james yeah. uh, i don't i mean adding on to anything i don't know the specifics of his but i guarantee you if 
he was in Austin right now or College Station, that interesting wouldn't be a problem for sure. They might shut him down for other reasons, but they, they, they're, re they're not going to turn him down because of we don't have the interest. And that's that's where you got to step up as if, if you truly want to support UH uh, athletics, as you know, showing interesting coverage because Andy's example is perfect. If you don't show the interest, people aren't going to pay com – media companies aren't going to pay money to put out content that you want. And to add on to that, and this is this is actually interesting because you mentioned a lot of the platforms that that UH alums, that UH fans have. Um, there was a thread that they got established about uh, a few days, probably a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was titled "What Would It Take for UH to Get into the Big Ten? And there was a lot of people that chimed in, but I, I'm just going to read one message that said, uh, and kudos to this person, but they said that they're probably in the minority, but they said they have zero interest in joining the Big Ten. That's not us. I think the Big 12 is a perfect landing spot and fantastic for the most. It makes sense. The Big Ten is just a cash grab. He went on and, and, and said other things, but I, I think in and of itself, he's, now I agree that person's probably in the minority, but it's just an interesting lens where, uh, uh, honestly, a lot of it's a mindset um, where it, it might be holding the University of Houston back. Now, another thing that was brought up, and this is something that the current administration, um, they've made an emphasis that they're trying to get more support from more recent alums um, that, that have just graduated that are probably five years and less removed from graduating from the University of Houston. That's who they're trying to appeal to um, because when you see a lot of the supporters and even uh, – It'd be interesting to see a breakdown of the season ticket holders, both for, for football and men's basketball and kind of see what kind of the age demographic is, because I, I tend to, to lean it. I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you would probably lend towards most of the season ticket holders being higher up in age than it were to be a lot of the younger um, demographic, which in and of itself, that's a problem if, if they can't get support from younger alums. Agreed. Both you guys have hit on a very good points. Um, let me say this. You know, we've been to, to TD ECU, ECU Stadium for football games. We've noted that the average attendance, 25,000 or whatever. And we can say that's because of the opponents in the American. Okay, that 25,000 would be bottom of the Big 12. I don't know if it's dead last, but darn close to it if it's not dead last. In the, in the I, I think club. it's worse in Kansas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that's rough. So think uh, about that. By, okay. By a good stretch as well. It's not like it's. So, and let me say this, and I, I'm, I'm trying to wrap it all up here. Jackson State University, Jackson State football, SWAC school, HBCU, average attendance 40,000. Okay. 40,000. And that said Houston's 25,000. And we say, what, we, what I, I've heard for years since I was going to UH, you guys' age going to UH, Houston is a pro town. It's not a college town. All I hear is excuses, okay? I know, we know this is a pro town, okay? If you know that going in, then it's up to you as in UH, administration, marketing, alums, all those things, then what are you going to do to reach the fans, your alums? What are you going to do to give them incentive, give them reason to come support the football team, to come support the basketball team? 
What are we going to do to get them to spend money on UH athletics? If we are in, if we are alums, don't you want to support your school that gave you the, the great education to help you go forward in the real world? I mean, I, I just don't understand. All I've heard, I've heard it for 30 years. Well, it's, just, it's a pro town, so you can only do so much. Okay. That's, that's an excuse. I've heard it for 30 years. What are we going to do differently now? They're going to the Big 12. So it's, it's, I just don't understand why we just continue to say, the same, say and do the same things that I've heard since 1990 when I was a freshman at UH. Again, there are outlets, and I'm not bashing the Chronicle, okay? No way. I have a lot of colleagues over there do hard work, do great work, but they are not the only outlet that covers UH athletics, okay? And the Chronicle is an, as Andy's point out, is an older demographic. Our media, we're, we're a younger demographic, except for my old self, okay? <laughs> it's a younger demographic. And I, I'm not going to name names, okay? But when I say to the audience tuning in on Twitter and YouTube, when I say that UH has an open invitation to be on this show, and they have yet to take us up on that invitation. Shame on you guys. Stop relying on the Chronicle. Stop relying on one specific FM station in town or one AM station in town to promote and discuss your program. They're not the only way to reach your alumni base. So again, you have an open invite to be on this show, to be on Let's Rage Cougs, to, dis to be on Pause and Majama, to discuss U8 athletics consistently. If you want to have a, a regular time slot on these shows, you could do that too. But, okay, so, I mean, and that comment from Tony, and Tony is a regular consistent fan on the let's talk houston rockets live stream show on the channel youtube channel who's come over to start participating in the folks talking sports streams he's looking forward to basketball season not just cougs basketball in town i mean that is part of he's discovered uh and other college teams because of this show because of houston ron barbie youtube channel not the chronicle not 610, 790, whoever held 950, because of this channel. There are more ways to reach your audience. Stop doing the same. And the, the, the weird thing is, guys, they're doing the same things they've done for years and are expecting different results. Stuff that didn't work 30 years ago, they're still trying. And they're like, I can't figure out why we're not getting more season ticket holders. Really? Okay, have at it, because we can talk about some other stuff too, but I mean, this, y'all know how I feel about UH. I love my school, but when I think they're doing wrong, I'm going to say so. And they've been, they have just dropped the ball on this for so many years. I've said, I've been critical of this, of my school. Let's see, I was privileged enough to be on sports talk shows 
all the radio stations, sports shows, 25 years ago. I said some of the same thing I'm saying now. I said then. Very little's changed. Come on, folks. We have to do better if we want things to change. Andy, you got it. James, you got it. Whatever you want to discuss, let's let's do it here as we keep talking cougs on folks talking sports. Well, I mean, no, I think I would, go ahead. Go ahead, James. No, I was I'm, I was going to say you you hit on all the points. Um, so uh, James, I'll, I'll defer to you. I mean, my big thing, one way I think really to you know engage with the young alumni, I think it's got to start with the current student base because uh, if you look at I've been at, this is going to be my fourth year at U of H. Not once have I been to that student section at TDECU. I'm talking about football specifically, mm-hmm. where it's been remotely full. 50% average, probably. Tickets are free. Mm-hmm. A lot of schools, big schools, you have to buy a sports pass or some sort of thing. You're paying for your tickets. Mm-hmm. Tickets are free. They say there's only 5,000. Um, they haven't had a problem with that because they don't get that many. That No one ever fills that up. But they've they've found ways to add stuff in the past like with basketball and stuff um i'm sure if if you want to go to the game you can you've got to find a way to engage with the students currently there and get them showing up to games and oh and another big problem is you know 50 percent or whatever is filled with the students i can by halftime it's down to three rows of seats with students filled in them um and so you got to find a way to get them to the games and get them engaged because if they're not engaged while they're there it's going to be hard to keep them engaged when they're out of school and want to come back as alums. Um, so I think that's a big issue you got to find because there's no reason why at a school, what, like 47,000 kids? Yeah, yeah. 47,000 students. You can't get 5,000 kids to show up to, for a football game for free. You don't have to do anything. You, you literally go online, click a few buttons, and you get a free ticket. If you can't get 5,000 kids, like, you got to try something else because I mean, the future of the, uh, the fan base and the alums, like I said, if you're not getting them engaged now, it's going to be a lot harder when they're gone and, you know, or in the real world have a lot of problems why they want to go spend their money on a Saturday, waste their time doing this. If they're not engaged now, yep. luck. That's a, and that's a great point. I think now the question becomes, how do they get that buy-in? And and really, it has to be something where they buy into that UH identity, that, that they're proud of going to the University of Houston. I think um, something that's been brought up before, and I know something a lot of uh, alumni, probably certainly the older demographic are touchy on, is when people say um, there's not really a lot of that strong identity when it comes to, again, going back to the younger alumni um, that affiliate with the University of Houston. A lot of oftentimes are there to get a degree and and they move on. And like James said, that's something that has to change. And I'm, I'm, it's interesting to see how, and, and obviously this is much bigger than just the athletics department. This is um, overall the administration as a whole. How, how can things change for you to be able to start, get that buy-in? And, and to be quite frank, that's something that has to start from day one when they have uh, the, the new student orientations on campus and um, they, they, everyone has to come in here for that. I think that's really when you have to start making that pitch. And I know they've shown videos in the past where they have Calvin Sampson come out and uh, talk to some of the groups for the new student orientation. But I think it has to be consistent where they're going out to students. Um, I mean, they have to go to them. They have to find them at the student centers. They have to 
find them on campus. Um, but it, it'd be interesting to see. They you have to fully commit to be able to to get by. In, in my opinion, it can't be something that uh, we'll do over the summer. We'll do on the first week of of classes. It has to be consistent throughout. And Mike James said for over forty five thousand north of forty five thousand students to not be able to get five thousand to get into football games on a consistent basis. Um, that they, there's a problem there, and it, it'll be interesting because they have to fully commit to address it. James, you touched on it a few times in previous shows about the the Daily Cougars family, excuse me, freshmen, welcome to Houston. The what do you want to call it? Uh, what do you want to call it, James? Oh, it's called the first roar. The first roar. Um, how can I put this? Is there any advertising from UH Athletics in the first roar? Uh, I have not gotten a physical copy. When we were putting together, I'm pretty sure, typically there's always been like a little football schedule thing. I'm pretty sure I saw that this year, but that's typically the only thing. Um, okay, During the school year on our regular prints, mm -hmm. typically at the bottom of the cover page or one of the pages, there'll be like a little tiny slip that will say, you know, Dana Holgerson wants you to come out to the next home football game or whatever, but um, it's not really a huge, like, it's not like eye grabbing or anything, but in the first row, yeah, I think there's a football schedule and that's about it. Um, but there's plenty of advertising for up. Like it's open to anyone. We have full pages taken out by people. We have, you know, you can get a quarter page. You can do whatever. Like we have, we don't have an advertising problem with the first roar, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, that's the only one uh, UH athletics. Okay. So that's a problem to me. If you're just putting in, in the schedule and nothing else, you know, let the students know that it's free. You know, first 5,000 get in free at home games. You got to do that. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's simple advertising. Uh, so it's, that's things like that. Simple advertising in the Daily Cougar. Um, doing a better job promoting it on shows like this, on the UH Sports Twitter accounts, on the, on the UH TikTok account, on the UH Instagram account. That's simple advertising. That's, you know, reach, reach your audience that way. There's a lot of different ways. If you want to do this, if you have in mind that you want and need to bring in younger demographic to the games and to keep them coming back to the games we know it's high we know it's hot and humid in houston we know that so bring more water bring more sodas bring more gatorade powerade whatever whoever the sponsor is the heat get, ain't other something. people out yes it's not a problem for other people in the state of texas to go to the games to tell, tailgate and have fun and to come back and support their schools one of the biggest problems we have, and we're going to get into ESPN and Big Ten in just a second, which, and it's a mentality that Andy touched on a little bit, is we, UH has to do a better job of getting alums to want to see UH play, mm -hmm. not the opponent, to see Houston play. Whoever, I think that should, it should not matter that it's Kansas, that it's Rice that it's TSU Grambling should not matter, but it does. If you're an alum, you should want to support and come see Houston. Football, basketball, baseball, that is the issue. That has been the problem 
You got to change the mentality and do things differently and reach out here. Reach out to the prominent alums. And one thing we talked about a little bit in Twitter conversation. Who are the the prominent alums for the younger generation that the youngsters uh, that you guys can relate to? You know, Lizzo, young alums that they would that they know recognize because it's not Jim Nance and Akeem. That's that's my generation. You got to get people who influencers to say, come see UH play Rice. Come see UH play Texas Tech. Come to UH play the Garbage Bowl team. Whoever the hell. Just come see UH play at TD East U Stadium. I'll be there. You know, something like that. You've got to reach, do things differently to reach a younger audience if you want fans to come to the games and then come back to the games. So, I mean, it's just so much more. And that right there, Tony's right on point. They got to reconnect with the community. They need to do a better job. And I know it. folks say, well, I live too far away. I live in the woodlands. You know, it's a long commute. Blah, blah. Another, it's an excuse. Find out where your fans are. Set up buses. Set up whatever the hell you need to do to get them to come to the games. And then give the reasons. Once you get them in the stadium, give the reason to come back to the games to see the next home game. If you want to do this, there are ways for you to do this. If you don't, just keep doing the same sorry stuff you've been doing and you get the same sorry results. 25,000 attendance in the Big 12 will be an embarrassment. It will be an embarrassment. TV games, and it'll be a point on the games, on the broadcast. Somebody's going to say, you know, Big 12 fans of other Big 12 teams. And you see how many folks, see how empty TDU Stadium was? Man, this is embarrassing. Look at this. We let them in the Big 12? Why? They can't even, you know, we'll hear that. We're going to hear it. And you know what's going to end up happening? 75% of the, the tickets that are bought will be Baylor fans, Texas Tech fans, TCU fans. Is that what you want? That's what's going to happen if we, unless we do things differently. That's what's going to happen. Andy, you got something you want to say? No, I was going to say that was something that was brought up uh, multiple times last season and it continues to get brought up into this season where you hear a lot of, um, especially a lot of fans of the other Big 12 schools where uh, they make an argument as to, you know, what, and I've seen this on social media a couple of times where people say, what, why Houston, for the lack of a better term, in terms of, um, like you mentioned, when it comes to that attendance. Now, I know the, the biggest example that some people mocked now obviously it was it was due to, to circumstances that was out of control of of Houston but it was that game against East Carolina where uh, it got rain delayed for up to five hours or I think it was longer than that because yes at least five but yeah yeah and that game uh, of course that game ended up going into overtime and and it had a uh, uh finish Ralton McCaskill had the game winning score and uh when the cameras zoomed out, there was no one in the stands left. Now, granted, that's a game that had really unusual circumstances with that delay. Um, but I know that when that game-winning score by McCaskill got posted on um, social media, and I believe it might have gotten posted by ESPN or one of those similar platforms, uh, you look at the comments, the, the 
that's something that was pointed out by people there. Like, oh, why is there no one in the stands? Now, again, granted, that's something that was out of anyone's control that had to do with the weather. But um, it, it certainly gets viewed, and it's something that's been brought up before, even when it comes to Fertitta Center with the way the camera is angled and it's facing away from the student section. I know it's been, it's gotten, it's been brought up a couple of times during the, the season this past year as well. So it's an issue that's across the board, and, and it it, it, again, it has to be full commitment to, to be able to target that and, and get people to fit in the stadiums. And at some point, it might get to the point where they're trying to might even have to expand the student section. They can get people in there. I know James mentioned it's a problem, but if they can't get people in for free, it's a bigger problem to get people in to pay, to pay which is yep. what uh, the tickets are, what, $25 to get in just to get into the stadium. I think that's the cheapest that I've seen. Um if they can't get them in for free, it's a bigger problem. And one final thing I wouldn't wanted to add, just with Chris's point about, you know, not making excuses, especially with like, travel, you brought up how, you know, like 75% Baylor fans or whatever. Yeah, there's a, plenty of Baylor alum in, in Houston, but there's thousands that are going to be making the drive from Waco. Yep. The Woodlands is a, a relatively short drive compared to Waco. Lubbock, Austin, Fort Worth, whatever. There's going to be fans from all these schools that are making the – three, four, five, six-hour trip down to Houston to watch their team play. So, um, you know, living 30 minutes from TDECU. Yeah, you know, we're, we're good, and it's it's past the point of reasons. These are excuses now, okay? Hey, we know that the traffic instruction around UH, TDECU, Partita has been a bitch. We know that, okay? So what are you going to do to accommodate fans, make it easier for them to get there? More buses, shuttles, something. If you want the people to be there, then you need to do things to get them there. Because if you don't, then stop complaining about, well, I don't know why the people aren't showing up. Okay. All right. A few days ago, <clears throat> hasn't been announced officially yet, but all signs point to ESPN not having Big Ten, apparently, football and basketball going forward. That the Big Ten will have media rights deals with Fox Sports, CBS, and NBC. Andy, your thoughts on that? Because you have some concerns for what this means for the Big 12. Absolutely. And, and my biggest concern is if the Big 10 is taking away Fox and uh, CBS and even NBC when it comes to that premier time slots to be um, opportunities for the Big 12 to be able to showcase their top tier games. If CBS and Fox Sports are taken, if NBC are taken by the Big 10, and obviously, of course, we know that ABC and the main ESPN channel, ESPN by itself, are taken by the SEC, what does that leave the Big 12 in terms of being able to get their games out into a bigger market. And obviously, of course, um, we've talked about it, how when it comes to Fox Sports, they already have a relationship with the Big 12. Um, but would that translate to more games being on FS1, FS2? If they can get a deal done with ESPN, does that translate to more games um, on ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPNU, ESPN3, the ESPN+. Plus? Um that's my biggest concern because I think honestly that might end up being a worst case scenario in terms of exposure for the Big Twelve because there's uh, much more limits to what 
the free market can dictate and and honestly it might end up hurting uh the big 12 when it comes to negotiations now that uh, i would assume the options are much more limited now um i believe for for the deal that's been reported or what it could look like would be a big 10 games on cbs i, I want to say there they would be no big 10 on fox would be the ones that would be on at early the early window correct and then 11 for us 11 a.m central time yes and then cbs would be that 230 mm-hmm. to five slot and then nbc would be the primetime saturday um, night slot for the big 10 so that in and of itself that that limits your options and then like we mentioned abc is going to be carrying the sec on its flagship times and so will the main espn channel what else is there? And I think that that should be a big concern. I think that that might end up being the worst case scenario. So I'll toss it out there. I'd love to hear both your thoughts on that. James? Yeah, I mean, like Andy said, he brings up legitimate concerns. And this is definitely the Big 12's got to – I mean, it's, it's a tricky situation for sure. Um, but like, like we've been talking about um, – before you got they've got to just be active looking for any sort of deal because um like like you said these big 10 games are going to be slated all day where you can watch from you know early morning until midnight uh sec everything's going to be on do there's got to be you've got to find a spot or i mean (laughs) interest will die down um money's not coming in so it's going to be interesting to see how the big 12 and uh brett yormark handles this but um we'll see what happens i think another thing that will be interesting is just like it will make college football a little weird on saturdays just like you're used to like here in kirk herb street and uh call the big game or whatever but if it's on nbc the best game of the week because of a big 10 deal or something like it's just going to be i think it's going to be really weird um overall but we'll see I agree with you guys from a the competition for bidding is taking a hit with the Big Ten now being on NBC and CBS. Well, will be on NBC and CBS for at least one time slot. Um, it gives ESPN money to spend that they're not spending on the Big Ten. But the question is, as Andy's noted, where will the Big 12 play? A time slot could be, it could be the 2.30 uh, time slot on Fox, Fox Sports. It could be on FS1, FS2, and ESPN2. You know, the non-major networks. But Andy, <coughs> excuse me, what if it's, money's the issue. This is the concern all three of us have in Big 12 schools and at men's have as well as well. ESPN has money to spend. Will they spend it on how how will they spend it? Because they, they do want to still spend it on women's sports, as in the NTA tournament, softball. They they are a big advocate to both those two sports that have been undervalued for years. So some of that money that they're not spending on the Big Ten will go toward that, as well as the college football playoff. So how much will be left over for the Big 12 as well as the Pac-12? So you guys know my, my hope 
is that for the Big 12 to get to earn half of what the Big 10 and SEC will get in media rights. Guys, half? That's a lot of money compared to AAC. But after a while, that's that's nothing. (laughs) 50 million compared to 100 million, you talk about being behind, you know, going into, into the Big 12. You're going to be way behind. And think about this. Houston would be way behind Vanderbilt. Yeah. Way behind Rutgers. Okay? <laughs> that, that I means that's where college football, college athletic is heading. When you got a non-football power like Vanderbilt going to receive potentially twice as much in revenue than Oklahoma State, Miami, Florida, hell, Clemson. Think about that. Something's wrong with the system when Rutgers and Vanderbilt are getting $100 million per year and Clemson isn't in media rights deals. That's an issue I have, a whole other different topic. But yeah, Andy James, what if ESPN, Fox, I don't know who else, but the media rights deal is for each Big 12 member is 50 million. Hell, let's hope 40 million per school. Is that enough? I mean, how long will that be good enough for the current Big 12 schools? What can they do? I mean, if that's if this all there is, what can they do? That, that's the question right there. And then the, the options are limited because unless if you can get into the Big Ten or SEC, there's honestly not much you can do. I mean, what else are you going to do? There's no not the Pac-12 can't is going to come and be able to offer more. Um, you're already in the Big 12, the ACC. It's it's complicated and it's kind of a situation where it's starting to become the Big Ten and SEC and there's a line, and then there's everybody else. And James, I want you to chime in after I say this. Why are fans okay with this? Why have the fans spoken up about this? Because this is where we're headed. Again, potentially two an NFC, AFC type conferences, Big Ten, SEC. Why would Houston, Baylor, Texas Tech alums continue to spend millions of dollars talking to get back to the collective why specifically football why are we spending millions of dollars for football if our team has no chance in hell of competing with the teams in the big 10 and the sec when the revenue gap is double why why continue just throwing money after that you don't have a chance to make up a gap of 50 million per year over 10 years that's 50 million times 10 that's 500 million dollars you you're never going to catch up on that and the the sad thing to me is the the alums and fans in the sec and the big 10 their response is well better us than you yeah well you know tough tough luck for you it ruins the sport if you only have 10 teams with a chance to compete going forward year in, year out, the 10 teams, 20 teams, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt got enough money to pay 
bigger, better facilities, coaches, all these things. Vanderbilt, not Oklahoma State football, Vanderbilt. And people are like, yeah, well, you know, that's just the way things going to be. That's why college football, I, I just, it's semi-pro football. That's what it is. And it's getting worse. James, you got it, we'll, and we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I definitely uh, agree with you on just worrying about the future state of college football for the exact reasons, like you said. I think one thing is a lot of fans don't realize, like, just just all these financial numbers. Like, if you look at U of H, for example, they see, oh, we're going from $8 million a year to 20 whatever in our first three years in the Big 12. Great. We're going to be able to do so much more. No, not really. Like, you're, you still got that massive gap. And so they think, you know, any type of – upgrade or in money is but i mean yeah you, you you get to do a little more but you're still way behind um the current big 12 schools and then even further behind big 10 sec um so i think one like just the knowledge um a lot of fans don't realize that and going back to uh previously when what you asked andy about i think one of the only like options that you'd see i don't think it's realistic but like schools trying to do the Notre Dame route where they get the, like an NBC exclusive, right? Obviously it wouldn't be NBC if the big 10 stuff worked out, but like try to give some network exclusive rights to their, but I, that's, I don't think that's realistic or that's going to be able How to many make. schools. Can you do that? How many schools yeah. can pull that off? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That, that, I mean, there's so many issues, but I think that's one of the only possible like, or I mean, or you do go like the longhorn network route, but that's not going to make you much more compared to what, these other media rights are getting. So there, there's so many question marks and like, like, like you've been talking about, there's not a lot of room to play with. So it's definitely going to be interesting. And yeah, college football is going to look a lot different. Um, I mean, it already is starting to, but five years from now, um, 10 years from now, um, like you said, there might, I mean, there, there might, instead of, you know, having all these teams play top 25, are we going to have a top 10, because uh, we just don't have, I mean, the other schools are so, so far ahead in money, facilities, everything that it's 10 versus the rest, the separate division, what, I don't know. Um, it, it's a real issue, but. It's, it's, it's going to get worse and we'll see if the, the people making the decisions will realize it and try to make a change 10 years from now, but it's going to get worse. And, you know, expanding the college football playoff would help because you'd at least give, the Big 12 champion a chance to be in the playoff to compete, you know, for the championship rather than the current imitational format is what it is right now. But beyond that, there's not much that can be done. I like <clears throat> the suggestion of the Big 12, the Longhorn Network becoming the Big 12 Network once the Longhorns join the SEC. Because at minimum, the Big 12 would join the ACC, Big 10, and SEC as networks, conferences that have a network pretty much on linear platform. So that would help with some, you know, getting your games on the Big 12 network and still have the Big 12 on ESPN Plus. But how much money would that generate? You know, how much money would ESPN be willing to pay to the conference? Would that help make up any bit of the gap? Because... ESPN right now, they're sitting pretty. Their deal with SEC, the SEC is $300 million for football 
and basketball. CBS and NBC paying three fifty for football. <laughs> as far as you know, right now, we don't know where Big Ten basketball is going to be because everything that we've heard so far, read, read so far, pertains to Big Ten football. We just know that the deal that ESPN backed away from means that Big Ten basketball will not be on ESPN. That might change because if it doesn't, where the hell is Big Ten going to have that game, the basketball game? On FS1? On NBC uh, Universal? So where are those games going to play? And that's men's basketball. What about women's basketball? So a lot of things still left to be determined. We'll discuss them in future shows of Folks Talking Sports. James, how can folks find you and interact with you, sir, on social media? Yeah, be sure to follow me on Twitter at JDM2186, as you can see below. And then all my coverage regarding anything UH athletics um, is at thedailycougar.com. Andy Yannis? Yeah, people can find me on Twitter at Ayanis underscore five. Um, on August 14th, so we're recording this. We're officially 20 days out until September 3, which means that we are only 20 days and... 10 minutes after the UH-UTSA game until Let's Rage Cougs officially makes its return following the hiatus um, since March 26, I believe. That was the last time uh, the University of Houston men's basketball team played in the Elite Eight against Villanova. And I think this will be the perfect time, Chris, if you give me the green light to play the second commercial that we have not on Folks Talking Sports. Don't go anywhere. And we are live. Welcome to another episode of Let's Rage Cruise. I mean, that to me speaks to his ability, what he can do defensively. Offers it out because it honestly, it seemed like Illinois kind of ran out of gas right there. While they look so well offensively, get 19 assists on 32 made field goals. And we bring in Paige Lawrence, former University of Houston track and field athlete. And over in gaining the energy, really controlling the game here. So I'm curious to see how he's, I know he's going to do something, but he just had to get better. It was just, that was kind of what they were doing. That was their game plan. September 3, following the University of Houston and UTSA football game, um, this would be a perfect time to segue that we are still looking for sponsors. So if you are interested, please be sure to reach out at andiana05 at gmail.com, or you can reach out um, via any of our personal Twitter accounts, um, and we sure we will be sure to respond to you. Exciting time overall, like it's 20 days until UH and UTSA, but just overall, we're getting really close to September, which means uh, football season is here, and we're about to months out until basketball season the nba is starting to have leaks of their nba schedule so an exciting time the best time of the year the fall that's my favorite time of the year so like i said at a on this underscore five on twitter looking forward to that andy looking forward to note to the return of less rage cougs find me on twitter at the hr review uh, houstonroundbarview.com is the website houston round bar view on instagram houston round bar view on youtube and Mr. Yanez is going to help me do some IG reels. Uh, so once to learn how to do that, look out for an old man learning new tricks. So look out for that. So go ahead, Andy. <laughs> sure. No, I was just going to say it's a perfect time to plug in my own personal uh, Instagram. I guess it's my professional Instagram, but it's pretty similar to the Twitter. It's just at Ayanez 
five. There's no underscore on the Instagram, I believe. Um, but like you mentioned, the reels, we had a pre- I, I, I was really proud of myself for the reel that I did, uh, which, which the countdown just it, it's a cool audio that we were able to incorporate. But like you said, Chris, um, it, it's an exciting time on all social media platforms. And um, I get before we sign off, I'm, I'm going to go guarantee after we're barely week one in the preseason of the NFL. <clears throat> and it, this might be uh, this might be me being a homer, Uh-oh. but I, I won't say it. Um, the Houston Texans play their first preseason game on Saturday, so August 13th. Um, we're recording the day after. On August 14th, they play the New Orleans Saints. This is very, very small sample size, but I guarantee running back Damian Pierce will rush for over a thousand yards this season. Guarantee. Guarantee. He's got that. He's got it in him. I, I trust him the way he was gliding all over it, be it first preseason game. Um, <laughs> injuries do void, um, I guarantee. But I, I, I'll leave it there. I'll put it on a record August 14th before um, any regular season games have been played. Sounds good. And noted. James, we are witnesses, okay? Noted. Yeah. With that guarantee from Mr. Yanez right there, we can follow that, him on Twitter for that throughout the season. And Andy, James, audience, there's a chance that I might sing a couple of times on these IG reels. Just saying. You know, it may not be professional, but whatever. You know, I'll tie it into business too, but, you know, kind of let the Yeah, to get know. those followers up. That's it. So that's what I'm going to do that too. So, you know, look, look for that in the future. But – as always, thank you very much to the people who commented during the show, who watched the show. Andy, James, as always, thank you for your time. And we'll do it again next week. Oh, one more time, Willie Gibson was at his high school union today. So that's why he's not with us on today's show, talking Big Ten and the Ohio State Buckeyes. But he'll be back next week. But as always, tune in to another edition of Folks Talking Sports. You can catch it on Twitter at Folks Talk Sports, as well as on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. Until next time, everybody, take care. Peace.